You're listening to So Much Pingle, the podcast about herpetology, field herping, and anything and everything about amphibians and reptiles. Join us each week as Mike and his guests explore the amazing world of herps across our planet. And now, bringing a half century of experience and perspective to the microphone, here's your host, Mike Pingleton. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to the show. Mike Pingleton here, and I am your host for these proceedings. Here we go with episode 58, and I hope you all remain safe and healthy out there. Well, so this show was supposed to be released 10 days ago, but there were some technical difficulties with one of the services that I use to stitch episodes together and then push out the episodes into the pod stream. But uh, I couldn't resolve the issue before it was time for me to leave on a trip to the southeastern U.S. So I had to scrap the whole finished product uh, and jump in the car and just go. Uh, So here I am re-recording intros and outros, and uh, I want to say thanks for your patience in this matter. Now, before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank the patrons of the show, including some new ones. Uh, First up is Dave Weber, who made a one-time contribution via PayPal. Thanks, Dave, and and thank you for all your kind comments. Much appreciated. I also want to thank J.J. Apodaca for contributing via Patreon. Thanks, J.J., and uh, folks, we will be hearing more from J.J. soon. Hint, hint. And uh, last but not least, a big shout-out to Kevin, Ryan, and Haley Urbanik for their one-time donation. Uh, and it was good to see you guys this past week. Uh, you know, folks, the Urbanics are a herping family, and they get after it. And, of course, thank you, as always, to all of the people who support the show and keep it rolling forward. Oh, yeah, I want to give out uh, a shout-out to a few folks that I encountered on my recent road trip to Georgia and Florida. Um, let's see. First, Joe Walton. It was good to meet you, and thanks for your kind words. Um uh, Appreciate that. And uh, also thanks to Noah Fields for a really fun day in the field. Super time. Also, I want to give a shout out to Anna Dial. Uh, It was good to finally meet you and chat for a bit. And uh, also to get your name right. Sorry about that. Um, And let's see. uh, Ash Ellers, Noah Mueller, Kevin Engie, Matt Fedler, Chase Pirtle. Good to meet you all. And Dick and Patty, good to see you again. And uh, last but not least, uh, Brady McGowan, it was good to meet you over in EDB. I mean, really, that's the best way for herpers to meet, in my opinion. Uh, And my apologies to anyone my faulty brain has left out, and that is a distinct possibility. Uh, I also want to say thanks to the folks who have responded to my requests for weird, bizarre, or unusual experiences in the field. So if you have something along those lines, and keep in mind... I'm not looking for anything tragic or violent, uh, and it doesn't have to be something spooky or supernatural. But of course, if it is, I'm all ears. Uh, but if, if something strange and weird or unusual happened to you in the field, get in touch with me and you know we can talk about it here or you can share it an email if you like. Now, let's get to this week's episode. We return once again to the origin stories format, and I talk with two remarkable people, Christoph Meyer and Susan Myers. So I talk with both of them in Peru, uh, Christoph one day and Susan the next. So I have them in the, here in, in the episode in that order just to maintain the continuity of some subjects that we covered. Uh, and just to, to paint the scene a little bit, we are at the Santa Cruz Field Station, which is 
situated in a small cleared area of the rainforest on top of a, a hill of sorts. And it's on the edge of a small lagoon. And so we have uh, six huts there along the lagoon. We call them tambos. And uh, all of them have shaded back decks that face the water. And so our guests can sit on their decks and watch birds and caiman. And uh, occasionally an arapaima will break the surface of the lagoon. And at night there are frogs everywhere. So very cool place. And the decks are a perfect spot for me to record interviews, especially on hot afternoons after lunch when there's no pressing business at hand except maybe a nap. So let's get to my conversations with Christoph and Susan. Hello, everyone. And once again, I'm speaking to you from the back deck of my tambo here in the Peruvian rainforest. And uh, on today's episode, my guest is Christoph Meyer. Welcome to the show, Christoph. Thank you very much. It's good my... to talk to you. Thanks for agreeing to talk to me. You're welcome. Well, we uh, we were just sitting down to, to set up the recording equipment, and I, we got a little distracted because a frog jumped up in the uh, the palm tree next to the building, and we had to stop and look and see what kind of frog it was. Uh, osteocephalus planiceps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the uh, flat-headed bromeliad frog or spiny-back frog. So one of our one of our favorite finds down here. Well, to, to start this off, uh, you and I have known each other for a while now, a number of years. But I, w- I want to kind of go back to where you got started. Uh, so I, you're, you're from originally from Switzerland. Exactly. Yeah. I grew up in Switzerland. I did all my school. And I learned to be a carpenter in Switzerland. I worked four years and then I went to my first big travel to Latin America for over 10 months. And I traveled from Sao Paulo down to Argentina, Chile, and then up to Mexico City. This was a huge travel for me. Yeah. And that was just something you wanted to do. Yeah, I always had the dream to go far away and traveling and discover the world, the nature. Yeah. So did you ever work as a carpenter or were you just trained as a carpenter? Yeah, I worked. I worked a few years. I also worked in a train factory and uh, also like a CNC machinist oh, yeah. in a chair factory. Mm-hmm. Okay. For four or five years. <laughs> okay. And so, and you made this big trip to South America and Central America and Mexico. And then, and then what made you decide to come back here? Good. Uh, after the first trip, I went back to the Swiss military. It's obligatory. Uh-huh. And then I've been working for 10 months. I had enough savings. And Uh-oh. then I need to go again to Latin America. <laughs> <laughs> I did a second travel for one year. Holy cow. I traveled all up the Brazilian coast for over six months, and then I came to the Amazon River. I took many different boats and arrived to Iquitos in 2008. That's that's a long way up there. That's like 2,000 miles up, up the river, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, more than 3,000 kilometers. Okay. Uh-huh. Holy cow. Wow. But probably I've been three weeks on the Amazon Slowly by slowly. No? Going up against the current. Yeah. Upstream. Mm-hmm. Wow. So and, you show up in Iquitos in mm-hmm. 2008. And uh, 
I did couch surfing and I met a nice young girl. I was 23 years old and she was 21. And then I keep traveling to Lima, up to Colombia, Venezuela. I visited the Angel Falls, the, the highest waterfall in the world. Oh yeah, wow. And then I, the last country I visited was Cuba. And then from oh. Cuba, I flew back home. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and meanwhile, you had, you had left behind a really nice young girl. Yeah. But then uh, I've been back in Switzerland working for many years. And then I get bored again just <laughs> to be in the factory all the day long, eight hours. And then I planned a big travel for all around the world. First with motorbike and then backpacking. Wow. But then I get in contact again with this young girl from Peru. And in the last minute, I changed all my plans and I flew back to Iquitos for wow. 10 months. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's how this works, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great story. Uh, and were you interested in wildlife? Was that part of it? You know, seeing the different different animals, and was that part of the your traveling uh, reason for traveling all over? Yeah, I always liked nature in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Also, when I grew up with my mother, we've been often in the forest to see birds and frogs and newts. Okay. Sometimes we catch some frog eggs and watched all the. How do you say? Oh, watch the tadpoles, the yeah. more metamorphosis, yeah, the development. Yeah. yeah, how to grow yeah. and release them again. Excellent, excellent. So you're, you're, you have a good foundation yeah. of animal mm-hmm. experience. So so let's go back to uh, the part where you change your world, your plans to tour the world uh, for, for this lovely young girl. And so you you fly to Iquitos and, and that was it or... No, I've been here for 10 months to know her better, and uh-huh. then we get engaged. Uh-huh. And so we decided to get married. And so it was more easy that I come to Peru for a new life than she would come to Switzerland. Yeah, okay. Because she's a nurse and works for the police, so it's very hard to quit the job. And yeah. I always was my dream to live somewhere in the tropics okay all right because of nature and the hot weather i don't like the winter the the snow so no more switzerland no <laughs> <laughs> so and your wife's name is uh, violetta violetta uh-huh. yeah I, I met her she's a lovely lovely lady uh and and what is what is is she interested in nature and, and that sort of thing too or she enjoys nature but not too much the wildlife she doesn't do bird uh-huh. watching or herping okay but when she's in the nature she's get going very calm and then she she going to sleep <laughs> <laughs> because it's very relaxing yeah. in the forest okay mm-hmm. all right very good uh so you met and, and uh reunited with uh, violetta and got married and and then but then um so you you've relocated here so how are you going to make a living in in uh, your new home, yeah. My plan is was to work in tourism, and so we bought bought a house 
and then I started to do like a backpacker's house. I had a few tourists. Okay, so like a hostel type thing? Yeah, something like a hostel. Okay. But then over the years we changed the, the model of business and now we just rent the rooms for local people. Uh -huh. So I, I don't have to be always in the house. I can go everywhere. Right, so you don't have to keep an eye on everything. Yeah. yeah. And then once I had a German client, he came here for the poison dart frogs. So with him, I get in, introduced in the world of the poison dart frogs of Iquitos, ah. the Ranitomeyas. Yeah. The first that I saw was Ranitomeya reticulata. Oh, yeah. Reticulated poison dart frog. Yeah. It's a beautiful tiny one with all a red back and blue legs. Yeah, we, and we saw a few the first day of this trip. They're, they're spectacular. Mm. It was the same forest. So, oh, was it? Okay, yeah. same uh -huh. place. Okay. Yeah, the same place. Keep coming back to the same place for those frogs. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, somewhere along the way, you, you probably your first trip, you started picking up Spanish, and uh, you, so your Spanish is quite good. And uh, but uh, you've got to, you've also got to learn the tourism business a little bit, right? So you went to school for that, or what did what is what did you go to school for precisely? Yeah, I first. I always had some tourists you know, in my hostel, and then I offered them to do like afternoon hikes and night hikes okay. in a reserve nearby. And I did this for a few, one, two, three years, slowly by slowly. And uh, I always get more clients, more clients. So I need to change something. And then I read about the, the laws in Peru about guiding and tour companies. Mm -hmm. And then I saw also my colleagues here, my friends, they started to study to be a tour guide. So I decided also to to make this profession, profession for, and it takes three years to study, to be a official tour guide in Peru. Okay. And I just finished now, uh, months ago. Months ago, you're uh -huh. all done with that. Yeah. Cool. So you get a certificate and you have a, what is, what is the degree? Is there, is it have a name, what you did? It's the Spanish name. It's Guía Oficial de Turismo, like official okay. tour guide. I see. Okay. And then you have a certification and you can go in every national park, every museum. Okay. It, it gives you access. Activities and. Okay. So you become part of the tourist industry. Yes. Officially. Uh -huh. Okay. Very good. Okay, so now you're ready to go. You've got uh, the, the herp knowledge and a, a clientele that comes out and stays, and you take them out on, uh, no, but not just herping trips, right? You do birding trips and things like that too, right? Yeah. Normal tours like this, three or four day tours. Hey, just to let you know, Pete, we're recording. <laughs> okay okay yeah so you you do you do uh you don't just do herping tours you do birding tours and yeah i do birding tours if somebody likes to see nice birds around iquitos and herping all the poison darts frogs that we can find around iquitos okay and a lot of snakes too but also many of the tourists they were german-speaking tourists or clients 
So I did the normal tours for general wildlife to see all kind of monkeys, birds, and reptiles. General wildlife tour. Yeah. Right. And so you have the advantage of, because you speak German, you yeah. have an advantage with uh, clients from that area. Yeah. Very I'm good. Probably the only native German speaking guide around the Gitas. Yeah, well, that's that's a good little niche to mm -hmm. have, right? Yeah, uh, I think I I think we first met uh, you uh, maybe around the time you started going to school, or maybe a little before that. I can't recall, but uh, you also started uh, coming on our trips and helping out as a, a guide and a. a yeah, it was 2018 when I came okay. first here with Mike okay. and Matt. Yeah, I've, I lost a little track of time. So yeah, mm -hmm. 2018. And so, mm -hmm. so you came on, and I, I don't think any of us really knew you at all. But uh, we got to know you a little bit, and um, we're very we were very impressed with your your knowledge, and uh, you're so friendly and and helpful. Your English is pretty good, and your Spanish is excellent. So you were you really kind of became a uh, somebody we depended on on the trip on these trips. So. So you're here, you're here today, and you'll be. Uh, as far as I know, you'll be on subsequent trips moving forward. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to be on the trips with you and see so many snakes and frogs yeah, that we find of, here in Santa Cruz. Yeah, well, it's kind of a side. It's a benefit, right? You're mm -hmm. you're here to help and 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 do the guiding thing, but uh, you also get to see a lot of cool herbs along the way. Mm. Yeah, and. Uh, in terms of, so tell me just uh, before I get off in another area, what is the name of your your own company? My company, it's called Wildlife Tours Peru. Wildlife Tours Peru. Yeah, okay. you can find it on Facebook. Yeah. I'm still working on my website, <laughs> but soon. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. And, you know, and Matt and I sometimes get inquiries from people who might be down here for a day or, or a week or something. And we try to point them in your direction because you're you know, a good source of uh, tours on short notice, maybe, or tours outside of when we're, we're down here. So, mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully that's been good for you, but. Uh, yeah. Before I just was working like informal, I had my Facebook page and uh -huh. I get all my clients over Facebook. Okay. And when I started with my own company, like officially, it just hits COVID. Oh, so it was yeah. the last two years without clients. Not just in the over in the last few weeks. Okay. I have some clients. Yeah. Okay, and so so many people in the tourist industry have just suffered. Yeah. Um, I know, for example, you and our friend Cynthia, and so many others that lead tours or depend on tourism for their income, it's been kind of rough. It was a yeah. complicated time Yeah, for all the tour guides in Iquitos. Yeah. They just lost the job from one day to the other. Yeah. Mm. But uh, things are starting to turn around a little bit? Yeah, I see now it's coming again. Okay. Slowly by slowly, yeah. Okay, so start building it all over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's been fun. It, it's fun to have you come down on these trips. Um, you, you off, you know, you hike trails with uh, the folks that come down, and you help identify animals and birds and things like that. So, is you you've got a lot of things you do on uh, at least on the tours for us. So, 
yeah, I always have my tablet with a lot of information. They have uh, I knowledge about the birds and insects and all kind of animals. And some many times in the night or during the day, you can hear something screaming in the forest, and nobody knows. Right. But in my experience. I know it. You know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of fun because I I noticed that uh, I've noticed that you you know you carry your little your little pad around with uh, all this info, but you also have a lot of calls on there. Yeah, and so you can mm. you, you can go. Oh, that was that was like well the other night we heard some screech owls, tropical screech owls, and you're able to pull up the recording of the of the screech owls and play mm -hmm. it. And it's yeah, so that was kind of fun. Uh, so I, and that's that's kind of impressive for people to come out here. For the first time, it's very helpful for them to understand. It's not just another bird screaming. It's it's this bird. Here's what it, you can show them a picture of it, and mm -hmm. and uh, they may never not get a look at it because it's it's night. But at least they know what's going on, right? Yeah, there is also like the great putu. Sometimes it screams like a jaguar in the forest. So you are a little bit afraid. You don't know what it is, and then you know, ah, just a bird. It's just a, it's just a very weird. <laughs> but a cool bird. bird. Yeah, 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 they're cool. They're cool. They're one of my favorites down here. So, um, in terms of, in terms of like what you're doing here, what what's your favorite? What what about this appeals to you? Is is there part of this that you like just because you get to spend uh, two weeks in the rainforest, or in general, or is there? Is it the snakes? What's uh, What makes you happy about these tours? Normally, if I see something new, a lifer for me, it's very exciting Yeah. to hike in the forest. And then you see something and then all your body's in high alert. You're happy to see something special Yeah. and share this with other people. That makes it very good. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. What about this trip? Was there uh, a highlight for you on this trip? It is a bird snake. I never saw it before. Oh. And yeah. also one of these turtles with the yellow head. Oh, it's yeah, a new the white-lipped species. mud turtle. Yeah, okay. it's a new species for me. Okay. So it's it's new, you, it's exciting, but you also get to kind of add uh, add it to your, your set of data, right? You, you, it looks like this. I've got pictures of it now. And so it, it kind of uh, adds to your knowledge. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, uh, there's got to be something to be said. Uh, some of the folks that come down here come down on repeat trips. So you make some friends too, don't you? Yeah, like Peter Mooney. It's yeah. not many times on, on the trip. And he always comes a few days earlier. And then he makes some short trips with me. This yeah. time we've been with Peter and Cindy for four days at the Tawaiyo River. It's a three hours by speedboat. And we also found anacondas and other dot frog species. Ranitomeo flavovitata mm -hmm. only can be found in around his place. We had a good time. Yeah, yeah. and that was the pre-trip yes. trip. So, yeah. Now, uh, um, setting this this tour aside, what do you get mostly? Like herp tours or bird tours or the general tours? What? What's the most uh, common trip tour for you? The most common are the generally tours okay. for three or four days. I see. Okay. But now it's starting also for these herping trips. Okay. 
because everybody sees my pictures with the Bushmasters, for <laughs> <laughs> the lenses. Yeah, and you've done snakes. You've done pretty well finding Bushmasters. So. Yeah, last year I we found five Bushmasters. That's amazing. Uh-huh. And uh, were all of them uh, in this area, or were there others in other locations that? Uh, Besides here, we're like we're here at the Santa Cruz field station. Got four been here in Santa Cruz and one in the other side of the Amazon by the Tawayo River. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. A big one. Just uh, behind the village, between the village and the school. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. At eight o'clock in the night. Was it moving around or? Yeah, we just went to the school, turned it back. And then he just come out of the grass, uh, probably over two meter bushmaster. Wow! Mm-hmm. Between the, the the village and the school. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So <laughs> makes you makes you think, doesn't it? Yes. This thing is uh, sitting very quietly in in the forest. Um, kids are passing back and forth mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah, they are not far away from the people normally. Yeah. It's also amazing that this tract of forest here produces so many Bushmasters. I mean, we found dozens of Bushmasters here. It's mm-hmm. kind of amazing. Yeah, it's a good habitat. And yeah. They don't kill the Bushmasters here in, in the reserve. No, no, we do not. <laughs> Normally, many village people, they are so afraid. They hear stories that the Bushmaster, we follow them for many meters and attack them and kill them so if they see them and have a shotgun they just kill them yeah Yeah, well that doesn't happen around here so here is a safe place for the yeah yeah the bushmasters so one of the difficult things about this trip is uh uh the lack of rain this year the the rainy season has not come the way it normally does yeah, the water level was much higher two, three weeks ago, and then it just drops over two meters. It's like now we like in the summertime here in Ikit. So we've got summertime all, water levels. All the water level is very low. We don't have access to all the places. Many people now the transport of food and materials is more expensive because it takes more longer to arrive in Iquitos by ship. Yes. From yes. Pucallpa, it's over five, six days, and Yurimag was two and a half days. Okay. Because there's less water. Yeah. There's a smaller They river. have to watch for the beaches, and maybe. Yeah, Sandbars that aren't see, there normally. Exactly, and, yeah. yeah. Fallen trees. And, okay. So it's a problem for everybody, because mm-hmm. normally the river is very high this year, and normally we get rain every day, but mm-hmm. we have, really haven't had that. So. And now in the last days, we only had one day rain here yeah. in Santa Cruz. That's made it kind of tough. We've, we've seen some mm-hmm. nice things, but we've had to really work hard to get them. So, mm-hmm. Do you like that challenge? <laughs> I hope we have two nights left for the, the holy grail of the snakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our, you know, our clients want to see, they want to see the Bushmasters and, and things like that. So it's, uh, we do our best to, to see if we can't get one. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, do you do just trips out of Iquitos, or will you take clients elsewhere? At the moment, just uh, around Iquitos, three, four hours around okay. by speedboat. So speedboat. different lodges. 
depend what is the desire of the client, I choose a different place where to go. I see. Because okay. not every animal you can find everywhere. You need to know the places. And so you, you haven't just had to learn how to be a tour guide by the, the educational process that Peru requires, but you've had to gather a large amount of local information about the flora and fauna and where, where these things are and, you know, what's the best location for these things and that thing. And so you've spent some time working on that. Yeah, I downloaded many information from the internet. I've been to, from the local universities, I downloaded a few papers. And then over the years, I met a lot of local herpetologists, biologists, ornithologists. Okay. I've been out with them in the field. I, I also was one of the founders of the first birdwatchers clubs here in Loreto. Oh, okay, okay. And Loreto is a uh, um, Loreto. It's the region. The region, yeah. Here in the forest. Yeah. So you have a local bird watcher, and so that that helps to um, helps you learn more about what birds and bird habits and bird bird microhabitats and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my friends also they had more knowledge than me. You know, when I was starting. Uh huh. And so I learned a lot from them. Too. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. someday some people will learn a lot from you, mm -hmm. right? And now I'm learning from Matt and Mike <coughs> with all the snakes and frogs. Well, you're pretty good. You you have mm. a lot of good knowledge. So I'm I'm always impressed by how much in, how much you know. So mm. uh, so you hold your own there, and yeah. and it's just it's just kind of been good to have um, uh, somebody who can who's multilingual who can speak a number of different languages. That's a big mm. help for us because uh, Matt Matt and I speak a little Spanish, but not much. Uh, so it's, you've been very helpful in that regard too. So we need some in interpreter, a Spanish interpreter. We we can rely on you. So that's been good. Yeah, sometimes it's complicated to switch from one language language to the others. Now <laughs> all the animals, I sometimes I need to know it in German, the scientific name, the uh -huh. English name, and then they have also local names of the animals. That's right. For example, the bushmaster is Shushupe. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, coral snake is naka 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 naka. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so sometimes, or, or yeah, so sometimes uh, the local people were referring to something uh, that is unfamiliar because they're using their uh, indigenous name for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of fun. But it's kind of fun to call them coral snakes naka nakas and things <laughs> like that. So, do, do you have any? Um, you do you want to keep traveling? Do you want to take uh, Violetta and do some more traveling around and see some more things uh, when we get over COVID? And yeah, I yeah. will discover new places for my company. Ah. I will go to different locations and to look if it's there better to find some cool herbs. Okay, and right. birds and everything. Do you have any interest in coming to the United States? If I have enough money, I will go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you have many friends in the United States now. Mm. So if you if you come to the States, people will, you all have places to stay and uh, people will show you all their local herbs. So yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and uh, I, I appreciate you, you talking to me. I, I kind of surprised you with this a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> <laughs> First time for me on a podcast. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it, it can feel a little weird, but it you know it, it's okay. We're just we're just kind of having a conversation here. But uh, I, I'm I'm happy to talk to you. Uh, I uh, appreciate the work you've done for us, and uh, you know I think uh, you're a great guy. And I wish you well with your company in the future. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Mike. Thanks, Christoph. See you next year. Yes, I'll see you. I'll see you in maybe. June. Uh, yeah, I'm I'll sure. see you in June. I'm yeah. coming down with Professor Holbrook again in June. Mm -hmm. So I'll cool. see you then. Yeah. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And once again, I'm speaking to you from the deck of a tambo here at the lagoon. Uh, at the uh, Santa Cruz Field Station here in northeastern Peru. And my guest on this really hot and sweaty afternoon is Susan Myers. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you, Mike. Uh, it's good to uh, finally meet you in person. I've sort of followed your, your uh, social media. You post some cool birds and other things on social media, and I uh, enjoyed Thanks. seeing those photos. And uh, so it's finally... Uh, great to meet you and get yeah. to know you a little bit on this trip. Likewise, yeah. I've heard yeah. a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully most of it's good. But, yeah, uh, all of it. <laughs> well, it, it's been it's been great fun. We're almost on the tail end of our trip. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's been uh, really hot and not much rain, and we still managed to almost get a, a 100 species of, of herps. But uh, you're not just here for the herps, you're here for the birds because uh, uh, probably – Above the herping part is the birding part for you. Um, well, this trip, uh, definitely the herps were the main reason okay. I'm here. But, right. uh, and, and just for once, the birds were, a, uh, you know, a bit of a side issue, I oh, guess. Okay, so, well, I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thrilled um, to meet you and Matt and to be here in Peru on this trip. I, I sort of only just scraped in. I contacted Matt at the last, last minute, and he said, let me check if I've got a spot and... Uh, Lucky for me, yeah. I, I scraped in. So, so I, yeah. I I know you a little bit. I know you're uh, uh, an avid. I don't know. Avid is a good word. Is that right? Avid birder. Yeah, avid birder. Yeah, and you're a professional bird guy. Bird tour leader. Yeah. Tour leader. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to make sure I get the, the, the <laughs> terms right because uh, the birding world's a little different from other areas of interest. But uh, mm. how did how did you get involved? Let's talk about birding and herping. Uh, sort of together and separate, but how did she sure. get involved? What what happened? Something happened as a child, or um, yeah, no, I just um, as a child, you know, even as a child, I was interested in the natural world, obsessed, you could say, almost, uh -huh. um, which is a bit strange because none of my family are interested in any of that whatsoever. Okay. So I've oh, got this theory. Where are you from originally? Oh, sorry, yeah, I should mention that Melbourne, Australia. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, very so good. sorry. I grew up in the outer suburbs of Melbourne. Um, just on the edge of the bushland, uh -huh. and uh, in those days, you were allowed to roam free. <laughs> Unfe uh, unfettered feral children, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, none of my family are particularly interested in wildlife, so I've got a theory that you're just born with it, you know, it's innate. Yeah, um, I, th I think that's a common story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I just grew up uh, chasing wildlife around the bush in Melbourne, and... Um, it grew from there. I went to, I, you know, I was very keen on biology in school, did biological sciences in university, and um, after that, uh, various other things before I ended up doing this. Just doing the, the bird Leading uh, the bird tours. Tour yeah, stuff. I've been doing that for 22 years now. That's pretty amazing. Mm. And you've been, uh, you've traveled 
extensively in Asia. Yeah, yeah. So my area of expertise is is um, Asia. Um, so I've pretty much been everywhere in Asia, but uh, uh, Peru is new for me. I've done very little in the neotropics, so it's pretty Welcome. exciting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mostly lead tours in Asia, um, Japan, most all of Southeast Asia, India. Sometimes Pretty amazing. China. I think I heard you say you've been to Borneo like 30 times. Yeah, maybe more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> more like 40 or 50 probably. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know it's for birds and uh, you pick up a lot of birding knowledge and all of this, but you also pick up a, a tremendous amount of culture as you travel around and yeah. and revisit places over and over again. It That's very of, true. Yeah. Does it change you as a person, Is how you, your outlook and things? Oh, definitely. Or? Yeah. You get a different i'm sure it's the same for you you know you just get a different take on things and i mean especially going back to the same country over and over i think you really get to understand that there are different ways of thinking different ways of doing uh and none no one way is necessarily the right way sort of thing you know i i i think i'd get that way too you mm -hmm. know i come down here and maybe uh, i see um a building constructed in such a way that i think wow that's I wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. And I think, well, it works here. It works so for them. who am I to criticize? Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Somebody else's approach to things. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's like people adapt for local conditions and, you know, our, our perspective might be so single-minded that we don't see it. It's only with the repeated trips that you start. You start to realize. Um, yeah. Seeing things deeper. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find it really rewarding to go back to the same places. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people might say, oh, you know, don't you get bored with it? Never. Yeah, Never. well, you go to enough places to keep it from being yeah, boring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's amazing. When you, at some point, you, you're a birding enthusiast and... I don't know what what do you call them in Australia? What is Australia's term for bird? Is it just birders or birders? Bird yeah, same thing. Yeah, I, I think people who take themselves seriously call themselves birders. They don't okay. like to be called bird watchers. I think yeah, or maybe bird watchers or... sounds passive or something, but yeah, it's yeah. just a word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, there's different affectations here and there. So. Yeah. Um, so you you you're an avid birder, and then at some point, how do you end up with it? Your first touring gig um somebody say hey could you do this for, yeah you know, yeah pretty much that's what happened um i i had two um sort of i guess you could call them mentors these two guys in melbourne decided they wanted to set up a bird tour company based in australia and they asked me to manage it for them ah. and it never really took off the ground but um uh you know, so I started doing that, and then I started working for an American company. They wanted me to lead some tours in Japan because I speak Japanese, and oh. then it snowballed from there. Okay. And uh, uh, the present company that I'm with, Wings, is uh, I've been with them for over ten years now. Okay, great company, Wings. based in Tucson. Okay, yeah. in Tucson. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and you uh, you live in the United States currently, right? Yeah, I'm in Seattle. Okay. Yep. But wow. I go down to Tucson a lot, and the other good thing about that is the herping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 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 interest in amphibians and reptiles came in the same time period, and that's always been sort of an undercurrent there for you as well. Yeah, right? yeah. I've always been particularly interested in snakes. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe the Australian in me or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you guys got so many great snakes. Yeah, so. and um, to be honest, you know, I never really knew there was such a thing as actively going out herping, which is probably one reason why I'm a bit late to 
to you know yeah. the herping scene as such. Um, and uh, when I realized that you could actively go out and search for herps, uh, I was like, um, yeah, I'd like to do that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as herping goes, I mean, we didn't even know what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> for a lot part of it, you know. Yeah. We talked to uh, our friend Peter Mooney and, you know, we didn't call it herping until, you know, sometime a few decades ago. Mm. We started calling using that term. Before yeah. that, it was okay. snake hunting or collecting right. or frogging collecting. or whatever it is you were mm-hmm. into. So, yeah. so we're, we're all still, uh, the field herping community is still in a self-discovery mode about yeah. what we are and how we, what mm. our culture is. You yeah. know, we're way behind birders in that regard. I think the birders, <laughs> well, yeah, you birding know, has that's been pretty around forever. Right? Yeah. 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 I was excited um, with your book, the, the field herping. Oh, thank you. Book. Yeah. That was, um, that was one trigger too. When I saw, when I read your book, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. okay. Well, cool. <laughs> yeah. Very. Very. Cool. very. All right. I, that's two copies I know of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's tough to re- release release a book and then have COVID come. Oh so. yeah, Ooh, bad timing. Mm. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the uh, we tend to separate birders and herpers. Mm-hmm. It, it, but really, there's a lot of herpers who who also bird. I can think of a number of my friends who do that. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I've been pleased that a few people on on this trip have been interested in the birds. So it's yeah. Been fun. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's it's kind of growing. I think people realize there's room for other things mm-hmm. besides. Apparently, we're called burpers. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I want that to catch up. That's what burpers, uh, Tim uh, Tim Warfield called it. Burpers. Okay. <laughs> he taught me that. All righty. <laughs> uh, have you made done much herping in the United States? Yeah, I've done a lot. Okay. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, well. Um, yeah, I have a friend in um, Seattle, in Garrison, and we often go herping together okay. in Washington, Oregon. And we were joined uh, year before last, I think, for a big trip around Oregon. We were joined by Ben Stiganga. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, we became friends, and I've gone to visit Ben in Georgia a couple of times in Florida. Cool. I've been get, so, I'm going to talk to Ben in about a week. Oh, good. For the show. Tell him so. I say hi. I will. I will. <laughs> um, yeah, so we... we uh, have herped in Georgia. I've herped in Georgia quite a bit, which I really love. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. great. And Arizona, done quite a lot there. A okay. little bit in California. Hmm. So there's still a lot of ground to cover. But yeah, yeah, I'd love to go to Kansas. And yeah, you guys have been telling me about Indiana, Snake Road, and the mm-hmm. that, that gets bounced around a lot yeah. too. So yeah. well, one day. <laughs> yeah, some October when you've nothing better to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the pandemic, of course, has kind of put a cramp in your birding style, but yep, it's starting yeah. to bounce back. Flipped and, my wings. Yeah, yeah so. starting to lead some more trips now. Yeah. Um, Asia has been really slow to open up, so that's yeah. um, a bit problematic. But I'm hopeful that Malaysia will allow us to come in quarantine-free by May or June. Oh, okay. Fingers that would be crossed. Go- that would be good news. Yeah, it'd yeah. be really good news. The for quarantine-free <laughs> part, because that yeah. that just kills tourists. Right? Oh, nobody's going to do a tour where they have to do five days, even quarantine. Right. Maybe, maybe some people would consider two days, but uh. yeah, because I always like a day or two. Exactly. I always so. like to come in a little, a little bit early just yeah. to recover from the long flight mm-hmm. and all that. So freshened up, yeah. get on the same time zone. I can stand sort of that, but no, no five, five days. days. No. no, at your own expense. So, yes, yeah. yes, that's not good. Not I, good. I know 
the bird the bird tours have suffered and people like our friend Cynthia with her uh what we call it textile Textiles. tours yeah. uh, she's been suffering from the same problem so yeah. hopefully things will open up this year yeah fingers crossed yeah I, I I think it has to at some stage so well what what's your favorite destination to take people to on tours too. Yeah, people often ask me where's my favorite place. It's really hard to answer that, hard but answer. I guess I have to say Borneo. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. You know, I wrote the field guide to the birds of Borneo, so it's close to my heart. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. So it, this, is, this is a book that's in progress, right? No, no, that one's been, I wrote that in, oh gosh, it's a long time now. 2012, I think, okay. was the first, first edition. Okay. And then I rewrote rewrote it for a 2016 edition with a different publisher okay. and um how many how many birds in borneo um it's about uh, 450 odd okay. yeah so mm -hmm. substantial work yeah yeah there's a lot of work and th that didn't <laughs> stop you from because you're working on another book right yep what, what is yeah, that I'm, one I'm working on two other books at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So the same publisher that did the field guide has asked me to do a photographic field guide. Okay. Um, which is sort of, it's not, it doesn't cover every species. So it's aimed at um, people that we're trying to get interested in birding. Yeah. The yep. casual the newcomer. The casual newcomer. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. And hopefully that'll spark some interest. And that's for people. Borneo? For Borneo. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the other other book that I've got coming out soon will be published by Princeton University Press, and that is um, the history and etymology of bird names. So now I have to say I'm really interested in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I mean it might sound dry, but I think if you pick it up and read it, you'll be pretty fascinated. <laughs> well, yeah, you <laughs> some think weird of, and wonderful stories. Yeah, I mean, I, like uh, just off the top of my head, you know, like the word tanager. Yeah. What the heck is a tanager? Where does it come from? Yeah, yeah. where does it come from? Yeah. So if I get your book, I'll be able to... You'll be able to find I'll out. I'll be able yeah. to find out. Okay. <laughs> Very good. And so do you have a publish, publishing time frame for I it? think that the Princeton is talking about it coming out in May or June. Ooh. So we're pretty close. Okay, good. Yeah. So let's let's flog the book a little bit here. Yeah. So what was the title Please. of it then? Um it's just going to be called the bird name book. The bird name book, <laughs> yeah. short and sweet. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, it. it's about very the alliterative too. Yeah, so <laughs> the bird it. name book. <laughs> sweet. Okay. Well, I'll look for that. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. How did you get? Uh, so, did somebody ask you to write the first field guide? And yeah, um, no, actually, it was my idea. I'd, I'd been going to Borneo for a while, and the field guide we were using was hopelessly out of date. Um, so I thought, oh, you know, I said to a few people, somebody should write a new field guide. And then I thought, well, nobody's doing it. Why don't I? Yeah. So I contacted the publisher, and they okay. said, yeah, let's do it. It's a so, thankless job, isn't it? Oh, Very boy. much so. Because you're, you're not you're not getting wealth independently <laughs> no. wealthy all these books. And birders love to be critical, so oh, you know, they're yeah. like, "Oh, this map's a little bit wrong" or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I'm always amazed. I think I may have said it on a show before. You know, I am in the middle of writing the the book that Holbrook and I worked the field uh, the field herping guide. And, yeah, uh, Holbrook and I were working on that for a couple of years, and I'd go to my library, and there'd be shelves. Mm -hmm. Eight feet wide birds. Uh, yes. And the, new, and the new book section always has new bird books rolling in. And there's yeah. a lot of publishing lot of going them. on. Yeah. Because birding is sort of blown up, right? It really uh, has. And apparently um, um, during COVID, too, more and more yeah. people are taking it up, realizing that uh, 
you know, it's a good way to get outside. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to hang around other people if you don't need to. Yeah, so. exactly. Also, there's a lot more females and uh, other small groups uh, that are traditionally never used to be in birding or are now yeah. actively engaged in birding. Yeah, so. much more so. It's it's still pretty male dominated for sure, but um, yeah, yeah, more and more women are getting involved. Um, I've but, heard of like all all women birding clubs. And yeah, things I like think that, there are a so. couple of those. So. Yeah, yeah, New York. I think New York That's City right, has in some. New yeah. York. Yeah. But uh, so has that been a, a, a change you're, you're, you've been watching over years, over the years? Yeah. Change what, sir? The change of uh, more more females being involved um, and more minorities. and uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, more more minorities getting involved as well. Yeah. Um, Blackbirders Week has, was a big thing recently. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a good I, thing. I, yeah, it took me years Diversity to, to see uh, some African-American birders at, at Maggie Marsh. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, holy cow, this is great. This That's, is, yeah. You know, and yeah. the Mennonite birders. The Mennonites, yeah. yeah that Isn't was that fantastic? Like, wow, yeah. this thing is starting to open up a little bit. Yeah, so. it's really good. Diversity is always good. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you still have to deal with some of the old the old school that don't yeah. really care much for that. So. You do. <laughs> yeah, they want to birdsplain everything, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. birdsplain. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> that's good what about the what about herping does you what's your perspective on that i mean you sound like you, like you and your friend have traveled to various places mm -hmm. Is, you run into other female herpers or not very often no no okay. um so you know when i'm leading tours i typically take a few days after or before the tour and go go do some herping okay and um usually contact somebody local you know mm -hmm. i have a really good network of naturalist friends around mm -hmm. asia and yeah, they're always men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we we we're changing. Sure. But you know, like I say, we're behind the birding world. Uh, just in in birders, birders have had a century. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Herping is is sort of a new thing yeah, in a way. You know, half yeah. a century. So yep. that that seems to have made a difference. And it'll change know, progress. It'll but, change. Yeah. Well, well, one of the best herpers here is a woman, not me. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we have Marissa on the trip. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. She's she's very good, and it's in fact. Uh, Marissa, just to give her a shout out, uh, got uh, the, uh, Bush, the, Bush the first Master. Bash, Bushmaster yeah, trip yeah. last night. Yeah. So, it's um, a, a brilliant spot. Too. Yeah. And uh, I'm very happy for her. It's the first uh, one that she herself got to, to find. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So She seems happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That's everybody's thrilled everybody's yeah. thrilled so. yeah it's great yeah it took a lot of hard work to find that thing it but, did uh, yeah we worked hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it, you know it, it it's um it, it's fun to connect people down here too like you i know in your tours you probably after a tour people be sometimes remain connected you know they, they build friendships on these things yeah and, i hope uh, so yeah i think that maybe in your experience in, in birding tours is the same way people kind of oh definitely you know, a lot they of weren't connected before they are mm -hmm. afterwards yeah so. a lot of my clients are now good friends mm -hmm. too do you have to, a nice mix of male female uh, people from different all different walks of life and different uh uh what's the word economic uh mm -hmm. Levels, levels yeah. yeah um yeah definitely um you know people tend if if they can travel on these trips they tend to you know have a good income but uh yeah they're all, all different types of people from uh, most of my clients are either american or british um and uh yeah from all over the u.s and britain okay well you know sometimes uh, i know this is the case with with some people in the herb community is that you, you're just getting into that and you may be 
coming in contact with people who have done it for a long time, and it can be very uh, intimidating. Yeah, the knowledge uh, imbalance there, True. and it's nothing against the new people; they're just new. Yeah, uh, and do you see that too with birders on some of your trips, where people are are a little bit uncomfortable, maybe? Yeah, definitely, and uh, I think that's you know part of our job is to to help those people learn and. Um, yeah. You know, get proficient and uh, and feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And um, I do find that on the whole, the other clients will take people like that under their wing and um, so to speak. And yes, <laughs> yeah. Pardon the pun. Um, and really help them along. I think people really enjoy no, when beginners that, beginners know. come along because they were beginners once. Yeah, right? exactly. If and you, um, if you remember that, you might respond to it. Exactly. And if we love what we do, we want to share that with other people. So. Yeah, I think there's still plenty of birds to go around. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and herbs. And herbs, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, sometimes you just have to go further to get them. Mm-hmm. Do you uh do you ever ever do like the pelagic, the offshore trips? Is that part of your repertoire? No, I do not. Okay. <laughs> I get seasick. Oh, do you? (laughs) Yeah, I get seasick really badly, and I don't enjoy pelagic trips at all, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, because there's lots of cool birds if you're willing to spend uh, a day bouncing up and down. Long Uh, long time looking at the horizon. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's too bad for you, because you probably would bag a few more birds if you could do that. Yeah, but uh, but I... I really enjoy rainforest birding. That's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, that's your thing. Yeah, yeah. So. Which has its own challenges, right? Because Very of the, much the canopy. So. Yeah, yeah. Especially in Asia. Yeah. In, yeah, the, the birds can be very um, secretive. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about competition? Hmm. There's always some some folks who, because, you know, some birders, uh, a lot of birders have life lists, and some birders keep numbers, and, you know, they... You know they're they're at you know whatever, whatever their count is six thousand or five thousand or whatever or eight thousand yeah. yeah yeah and and so some people that's like the big thing is mm-hmm. the, what the number what it's their all, number is yeah. and do you see a lot of that is that a big part of the of the world or is it just a big part of it for some people? Um, yeah, I, I would say a big part of it for some people that, uh, um, but yeah, there's a substantial number of people who the Americans call listers and the English call twist, uh, twitchers. Twitchers, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's a very much a competitive aspect to that, to um, whatever floats your boat, I guess. But, yeah, uh, like the big year stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about that the other yeah. day. The, the, it's all about the numbers type of thing and the yeah. birds are secondary. Um, th- that's not to say everybody's like that, but... Um, do you have a what? What can you tell us? How many birds have you seen? Is is that um, something you want to share? Oh no, that's okay. Um, actually, it's interesting because have you heard of eBird? Sure, I yeah. use eBird. Yeah. eBird, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I I never sort of paid much attention to it, but when COVID started, I had a lot of time, and I thought I need to you know collate all my bird lists from these many years. So I started putting everything in eBird and. Uh, yeah, uh, so for the first time, I pretty much know the number of birds I've seen. And for the first time? Yeah, wow. pretty much. <laughs> I think I'm getting very close to 5,000. So wow. I might okay. do that here in Peru. Uh, Holy cow. In the next okay. week that I'm wow. here. Were you, so you were surprised that you had seen that many birds? Um, yeah, a little, actually. I didn't realize it was quite that many. But uh, And, and what, are, what do they estimate is the total species for birds these days? Oh, it varies, but uh, they—it's um, thought that now 
there might be over 10,000 over 10,000 yeah okay yeah holy cow 20 years ago 8,000 was considered to be about the maximum but okay. uh, i think some there's a couple of guys who have seen almost that many that's amazing now. yeah I mean, uh, got to have time got to have money yeah time yeah. and treasure right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, probably nonstop birding then pretty much um, yeah yeah, the the movie, the big, the movie and the book, the big year, kind of, um, it kind of laid open that whole uh, quest type of birding, you yeah. know, just uh, to see what you could do in a year. It's it's it is maybe it's it's a bragging thing, but it's also sort of a a personal challenge. That's right? true. You know, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, in the book, one of the characters. Wasn't didn't really have a lot of money, but he was willing to That's rack right. up his credit yeah. cards. You know, I can't. Sort of a, I can't remember. The, the, I should know, but um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not being an American birder, I, I can't quite remember all the names of the okay. people who feature in that. But uh, yeah, one of the guys was uh, relatively poor, but yeah. uh, would sleep in his car and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So that's all about you know internal drive mm -hmm. and yeah the challenge challenges yeah. and things. So. What is, do you have? Uh, I mean, you like it because you make a living at it, and I, two I cans know, calling. I know you. you were, <laughs> I, I saw you responding to the two cans over there. Yeah, that, that little whistle call. White, thro white throated toucan. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Sorry, interrupt. No, no, that was great. That was great. And we got some uh, kiss kitties. Yeah. Going off too. So. Uh, but I know you make your living doing this, and uh, you on the road, or you were on the road quite a bit. But is is. Do you have other things that drive you to do this? Do you want to go to new places and see, you know, new birds? And oh yeah, it's always exciting to uh -huh. to see new birds. When I'm working in Asia, I rarely see new birds because you know I've been there so much. Um, right. So during COVID, I've been able to you know take the opportunity to come to Central America and and now Peru, and uh, so a lot of these birds are new for me. It's it's pretty exciting to see a whole new set of birds. Right. Yeah. yeah. And environments. Yeah, and you're also when you're done here, here in the, down in the Rayton Forest of northeastern Peru, mm -hmm. you're heading to western Peru next, aren't you? You're not going, going home. No, going up to Cusco, and yeah. um, then we. Um, met, I'm meeting a friend of mine at Sokta. What's it called? Sokta Tapa, uh, which is a biological station. Okay, it's I in think the foothills. Mid elevation, yeah, or the foothills. Right. So the those foothills are where all the so many species of Peruvian birds are found. Yeah, you know? so Peru and Colombia have the most bird species of any countries. I think Colombia just tops Peru. Okay, and, like um, close to 800 species or oh, something I think like it's, that? No, it's way more. Is the, it way more? Yeah, okay. the biggest lister here in, um, in Peru is a colleague of ours, um, Barry Walker, and he's seen over 1,700 species. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. And so you're just going to come into Peru for a month or... Yeah, yeah, I'll just, just scratch of, the surface. Yeah, and, just kind of <laughs> yeah. scrape it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So because, I mean, you, the reason there are so many birds is you've got all these different microhabitats, so you've got to, like, cover the whole country. To, yes, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, herpers, they go to some place new for the first time, do a little research, try to do their homework and that. Mm -hmm. Same thing with birding, right? Sure, you know, yeah. You have to go in and study the books a little bit, so... You're not spending every moment flipping through the book, yep. trying to figure trying out what to figure out was. what a social flycatcher is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that a, yeah the, the social <laughs> the social flycatchers come up a lot on this trip. Yeah. They seem to be everywhere. 
So, and you, they, they come up, come up in the conversations yeah. often, but so it, in, in terms of that, uh, that's sort of an acquired skill, isn't it? To quickly pick up sure. the cues yeah. for the birds and the, the calls and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. 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 It takes time. I, you know, I'm not familiar with the birds of Peru, so I'm just yeah. a beginner here. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Neat. So in, in terms of, you know, herpers who, you know, Sometimes we make fun of birders on the show, but not <laughs> not like in a mean way. Just nah, you know, nah. just kind of poke fun because they're always looking up and we're always looking down. But what do you tell when you get new people on your tour and you run into people mm. who are just starting to bird? What do you? What is your advice to them to to maximize or get the most out of it or get started without getting frustrated? Yeah, yeah. Well, try not to get frustrated is one of the first things. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, before if you, if you've not been to a place before, I usually advise people to get a copy of the book. And then try to learn the different groups, so not down to a specific level, but know what a woodpecker looks like or uh-huh. what a barbet looks like, especially groups that they're not familiar with. I mean, everybody yeah. knows what woodpeckers look like, yeah, um, except Australians, because um, we don't have any. <laughs> no woodpeckers. <laughs> yeah. um, We've got every other crazy thing yeah. under the sun, but no woodpeckers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, you know, in talking about Asia now, well, and Peru has them too, know what barbets look like or broadbills or, you know, just down to the general thing and then yeah. work on it from there. And and uh, But if you can get it down to family level, then you've got more of a chance of identifying it. Okay, mm. yeah. But if you don't know the difference between a flycatcher and a broadbill, you're going to get very frustrated. Yeah. It's going to take longer. Yeah. So there's a little bit of work involved. Uh, sure, yeah. 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 And most people start out, I think, you know, and they're, they have a feeder in their yard, mm-hmm. and they start out picking things off the feeder and figuring out what they are. Yeah, so for sure. Maybe that's a good place for a lot of people to start. Mm-hmm. So Same way as people that start into herping by going to their local park or something. Or yeah, like, seeing a Thamnophis or something. Yeah, and the turtle mm-hmm. in the pond mm-hmm. and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah. baby steps. Yeah. Always baby steps before you. You know, this is not the place to come and for your first herping trip ever. <laughs> yeah. You, you're going to get a little overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. First ever. <laughs> yeah. So how do you like it? How do you like the herping here? Is it been oh, fun it's to... amazing. Yeah. It's a little bit of a shame we didn't get more, more rain. Yeah, we are in a, a most unusual year here that uh, is is not happened in uh, living memory. Really? Yeah. Mm. So it's it's been bad. Just my luck. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I I'm very proud of this group of people who came down here, uh, yeah. yourself included, because uh, it's easy to get give up halfway through because the conditions aren't mm. ideal and just sit in the kitchen mm. and drink beer uh <laughs> which as it may be <laughs> yeah which i've had you know people on tours do that you know like okay well this is too much for me so yeah but uh, you guys have really stuck with it and you pounded the trails at night and it's all about trail time you know yeah. you don't see birds if you hang out you know yeah <laughs> stay in, in your, your cabin hut. yeah, yeah. it's the same same thing you, yeah. you don't go you don't see so yeah. Yeah. well uh, you know it, uh, you also get the added bonus of all the crazy insects and other things, you know. Yeah. We've seen a lot of cordyceps this year. Oh, the fungus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing stuff. That's it's a, a little a little chillingly mind-bending fungus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, yeah, it's a little chilling in a way and I'm just glad that uh, we don't have cordyceps, <laughs> cordyceps fungus that human cordyceps. <laughs> yeah, my gosh. That'll be the next thing. Oh my god, 2023, year of the fungus. Who knows? <laughs> god. <laughs> 
I want to backtrack just for a second. You 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 mentioned that you 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 speak Japanese. Is that uh-huh. something you learned in school or? No, no. I went to live there in the nineteen eighties, and I lived there for about uh, four years. And I just find the language really fascinating. So okay. um, I'm self-taught. Oh, wow. pretty much. I like that. Yeah, That's cool. yeah. it's it's not an easy language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's not like uh, if you're English and you learn Spanish or French yeah, or one no, of the Romance it's, languages. It's you have to. Very work different. at it. Yeah. So, did have you learned to pick up any other languages? Along Indonesian. The way? Indonesian. Yeah, I speak yeah. Indonesian as well. You can't go to Borneo thirty times <laughs> yeah. without learning some. You can actually, because um, Malaysia, nearly everybody speaks English there. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. but I go to Indonesia a lot too, okay. and it's um, very okay. useful. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm not. I'm sure I'm getting the languages right here. Who speaks what? There's different. Dialects and of yeah. Malaysian, I guess, is a Malaysian word. and Indonesian are similar but different. Yeah, yeah. but they're maybe like Portuguese and Spanish. In Sp- okay, yeah, maybe. All right, it's a good analogy. So it's good to learn those things too, because people appreciate that when you travel and you yeah. know at least some words. You mm-hmm. can, uh, you don't expect them to know your language. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, often they don't. Yeah, so, especially so. in the more remote areas that we go to. So and yeah. uh, just. Uh, Hot and sweaty over there as it is here. Yeah, and, it's a lot like this actually. Yeah, mm. especially eastern Indonesia gets very hot. Is it? Yeah. Mm. And in terms of your your tours, do you, mm. I mean, that's a lot of travel for people coming from Australia or, or the United States or, or Europe. Mm. So, how long do you typically arrange tours for? Yeah, uh, you know, like you say, it's a long way for Americans to come to Asia. So, generally, they're three weeks long. Uh, uh. Mostly, people want to stay a bit longer when they travel that far. Uh-huh. But uh, I do some shorter ones, like Japan is two weeks. Okay, um, not as far for Americans to travel to Japan. Right. So, right, yeah. How is the birding in Japan? Excellent. You were telling really me good. about the cranes, yeah, yeah, and the, by the bridge and things. Mm-hmm. So sounds like there's some beautiful things to see yeah. there. I would say my winter tour in Japan is the most popular that we offer in the whole company. Really, it usually fills up two years in advance. Wow! Um, because uh, stellar sea eagles and the cranes and. And now everybody loves stellar sea eagles because oh yeah, no. they've been in the news for. A few weeks. So. Yeah, it's funny. All my American friends are sending me photos saying, look at this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see them all the time. <laughs> oh, awesome. So what, are the, what is a winter tour like? Is it really cold or just a little bit cold? Um, yeah. So we travel to the three different islands, um, finishing off in Hokkaido, and that's really, really cold. Yeah. That's yeah. where the snow monkeys are, right? Uh, no, they're in Honshu. Honshu. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. No worries, uh, everybody. I get it backwards. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and monkeys aren't my favorite animals. So. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> um, as people who listen to the show will know, um, that's it's kind of interesting that uh, it's, it's got to be part of the culture and the the surroundings too that draw people. Right? Yeah, you're definitely. burning in a beautiful place mm-hmm. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, you're yeah, you're not hot and sweaty. And the food, yeah, in Japan, yeah, well, the food all through Asia is. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's a big draw card. Yeah. As well. If you can eat well and enjoy yeah, and see your, enjoy good your wildlife. food. What's that? <laughs> and see good wildlife. Yeah, you yeah. can't go wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we have a little bit different cuisine here, but it's it's not too bad. We have some pretty good cooks. So. Yeah, the food's been great. Yeah. yeah. Lots you of do vegetables. A good job. 
Yeah. Given for, how remote it is. Yeah, considering they have to pack everything up from the river a mile on their backs. So. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank um, you. I, I enjoyed talking to you, and I uh, it's been fun getting to know you and um, learn a little bit about what your life is like. And, and you're in Seattle for now, but you anticipate moving yeah. to Australia again? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll go home soon. Okay, um, whenever that When things happens. have settled down. <laughs> Yeah. Crazy well, times. Hopefully that'll be soon. I hope for your sake and other people who would like to go back. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, Thank you. And uh, hopefully I'll get to see you again and we'll herp somewhere or bird somewhere. And I would love be, that. It'll be fun. I so, would really love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, All right. And one more time where we want to, we want to push, of course, your Borneo bird books, but we want to push the bird name book the bird name the book. bird name book so uh, <laughs> i think that's what it's going to be called unless the publisher changes it oh but, i like it I think yeah i think it's good name. yeah <laughs> all right well thanks again for talking to me thanks Susan. mike all yeah right. really enjoyed it thank you thank you well that's it for episode 58 I want to thank Christoph Meyer and Susan Myers for talking with me. I had a lot of fun with that, and I look forward to our next meeting, wherever that may be. And uh, hey, folks, keep an eye out for Susan's forthcoming book, The Bird Name Book. I myself am looking forward to that. And thanks for listening, everyone. And if you have thoughts about the show, I would love to hear from you. Thanks again to Dave Weber, JJ Apodaca, and the Urbanics, Kevin Ryan and Haley, for contributing to the show. And Thanks, as always, to all of the So Much Pinkle patrons. And if you would like to kick in a few bucks to help support the show, you can do so via Patreon. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash so much pingle, and so much pingle is all one word. You can also make one-time contributions via PayPal or Venmo. Just drop me an email to so much pingle at gmail.com for more details. And don't forget, you can find all of the recorded episodes and show notes at so much pingle.com. And you can also join the So Much Pingle Facebook group to follow the show and interact with me and some of my cool guests. And last but not least, you can reach me directly via email at somuchpingle at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And until we meet again, take good care of yourselves and don't forget to hurt better.